All right, welcome back. Happy Tuesday. It should be a heck of a lot clearer now. This uh, this episode in particular is brought to you by the Snowball Blue. They're not actually paying me, but we really like their speakers and microphones because they're super cheap and they sound pretty darn good. So it is October 12th, 2021, and the schedule for today is pretty simple. We've got lots of tech stuff to do, a little bit of billionaire drama. Uh, we're going to do some DeFi stuff, end off with some real estate, and it's going to be fantastic. But I have a quick story real quick. Uh, so I like to get lunch probably once a week alone and just kind of hang out and see what like people watch and do my thing. It's a good little reset time. Uh, so I, I try to go to like a different place every single time, different side of town, get a different feel. I walked into this little burger bar, so this looks awesome. Go up, sat down, and I, I waited a good 15 minutes before anyone came over, which is not a big deal because I understand things are going on, but it was like a real reflection of, holy cow, labor shortages are just killing us. So when she did finally come over, she was like, hey, I'm sorry it took so long. I was like, seriously, don't worry, but like, are you guys this understaffed? She said, yeah, we literally have like two people. <laughs> I said, that's nuts. <laughs> I just can't believe we've dug ourselves this hole so quickly. Yeah, it's insane. It's bad. Um, it's bad in every industry. Uh, I know the shipping industry, I deal with it every single day of my life. And I just want to crawl in my bed and cry <laughs> myself to sleep because it, my job has gone from sales rep to customer service. Yep. <laughs> I like I'm doing the labor of a customer service rep whenever it's not my job. It's a bummer. And, uh, and it's all because we have you no know, package handlers, uh, shortage of truck drivers. And then uh, if you want to spin it off just labor shortages, I went to uh, get chicken wings with my parents on Friday. The price of the chicken wing has skyrocketed. It definitely and has. everywhere except Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Wild Wings, not as expensive. Everywhere else, very expensive. Well, they're a big old chain. They could probably just take the loss like it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, your regular mom and pop hangout shop, there's no way they can keep up with that. You're going to have to pay two bucks for a chicken wing instead of one what it used to be. You know, you used to get nine ninety nine for 10 to 12 wings. Now it's like... Uh, 15 bucks for seven or eight something like that yeah definitely not what we're used to and uh you know paying a premium on on the chicken wing is is heartbreaking especially during football <laughs> season yeah true yeah timing could not have been worse uh animal, animal spirits did a great uh piece on this briefly i was listening to their uh episode from probably late last week and they said you know it's kind of a game of telephone where everyone's like Oh, I heard it's this, and I heard it's this, and I heard it's this. And I'm like, no, it's kind of like a little bit of everything. So they had a really good point to where we're so quick to just blame one or two things. But there's there's a lot going on, and I'm not smart enough to explain how everything's working and the economics are just a mess. But either way, we can hope maybe by Christmas. A lot of the big companies have come out, like the big toy companies, and they've said, you're going to get a Christmas. It's going to be okay. We're ready to go. I hope I'm – I'm a positive guy. I hope that's definitely the case. So that's, that's – Yep. I've been telling everyone January, I'm say, I'd am say, i say, listen, it's not going to get any better in the next couple of months. Stick with us, and uh, you know we might get back to normal service levels after the holidays. Well, we got to be careful, because for the kids, we're gonna, we, you can't just be like, yeah, you were bad, because guess what? We're in a coal shortage. <laughs> you can't just get them coal. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> so, how much worse is it going to get around Christmas time when like we have all these supply chains, and they normally get bogged down like during the holidays like you hit black friday and everything starts going crazy from yep. until christmas we're having trouble now in normal flow how bad is it going to be when like that's normally when they hire on all, all more of those high school kids college kids okay fill these slots do these jobs you don't got to do a great job you just got to do it so that way we can get things done and we're not going to have that either maybe we just pull a china and ban video games then everyone would have to work <laughs> not a bad idea or maybe then more people would start reading books i know no kids read books anymore so yeah. maybe that's a 
just to avoid working, they'll pick up a good book. Yeah, if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have rioted, but I, I don't have enough time to do video games at this point, really, besides maybe once or twice on the weekend. So I honestly, I materialistically think that if that happened, I wouldn't even notice, which is kind yeah. of a bummer. <laughs> I miss the days. I, I do. I, I was playing a bunch of video games until I moved out of my parents' house recently. Now, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I life comes at you fast. Yeah, I haven't even plugged in the Xbox, and I still got to cut grass and weed whack. That's a tomorrow activity, so... Man, life is hard. <laughs> it solved the problem of getting on, though, and being totally destroyed by the people that pay 24, play 24-7. Yep. Like, you'd get on, and everybody would only be, like, weekend warriors. You'd, you'd get on there, and you'd just have everybody around the same skill set. No one's been playing 24-7, seven days a week. It would make me happy if someone solved that problem. I remember when I was a kid and my dad was like, hey, yeah, I want to go play video games. And I said, well, yeah, let's hop online and we'll put video games together. He said, no, I get destroyed. It's not fun. I said, well, you know, just get better. And now I'm the one falling into that argument. And I'm saying, wow, the digital world is going to have such a disconnect in a few years because there's going to be people who have been here for so long and it's going to have this massive divide between people who have been here and people who are just now getting on. I think the gap is only going to get wider. And you know, as positive as I am, that's a little scary. And not just for video games, like everything tech. Yeah, the tech world, I mean, we've been talking about video games, but think about just being online. Yeah. How many people are getting online? It's it's insane. Yeah, picture Twitter. Twitter's my favorite example for this kind of thing because you have people who hop on who've obviously never done Twitter before and they'll tweet out a few things and you say, whoa, okay, that was a mistake. Like that, just you just shouldn't have said that. But how do you know not to have said that? But you've been socialized in that environment for the past five to eight years. You just kind of have understood that's a bad idea. They don't get it yet. People are going to get destroyed for saying really stupid stuff. Yeah, we see people, I mean, we already see people's past come back to haunt them because whenever this first wave of people who got on Twitter, um, whether it's athletes, famous people, people oh, who yeah. ran. Oh, yeah, 2011 and 12. Spotlight. Yeah, you, you look at their tweets and you think, who in their right mind would put that out into the internet, whether it's something that's homophobic or something that's Racist, misogynistic. terrible, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, why would you ever publicize that to the world? Well, no one had ever had social media. We've never done that. So people were just like, oh yeah, this is okay to put out there. Yeah, we, 10 years later, you're a famous celebrity and now it's like, you're, you're running for the Supreme Court. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep. Look what this guy's putting out there. Yeah, well, we just didn't know. Like, our brains had not evolved to understand the lasting consequences of social media. We thought it was a fad, just kind of like going to go away. So, I don't know. I always try to push a little bit of uh, leniency, I guess. I, the Raiders coach, like, I think it was the LA Raiders coach recently, they, they dug back in 2011. He made some stupid racist comment. And I was like, okay, look, at some point, everyone says something really stupid. None of us are infallible. It's not okay to excuse certain things, and there's lines that shouldn't be crossed. But at the same time, ganging up on someone when they didn't understand something is really terrible. Like, God, it kills me. But it'll be interesting, too, to see how things evolve, because those things were definitely wrong when they said them. Right. But there was also a lot of different things that had more leeway in the past of what you could say and what terms you could use and it still wasn't like a socially cancelable offense at that time. Of course. And I think there's going to be a lot of things that everybody says now that 10, 15 years from now, people look back and they'll go, oh, with the same result of you said this back in 2020, 2021, that's something you should never have said and they're going to get canceled for the same thing. I mean, so society evolves, the rules that we abide by are going to change continuously. 
Sure, I agree. And I think the positive way of looking at this, I think we should wrap it positively and move on to our next one, is the internet has promoted a lot of inclusivity and it's allowed us to all see more and hear more opinions. And that's how we've been able to find these things. That's that's my positive wrap up. That's the best I can do. Yep. I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah. good, Matt. <laughs> Figured out. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, obviously that person hasn't said anything like that again since 2011. Yep. They learned, okay, that's not something we say. It's not like they're continually doing that for that long. Yeah, you're not going to find me on the side of the boomers very often, but I think I might be at this point. Just give them, cut them a little slack. Let, let them learn. Let them learn. It's okay. It's okay to learn, and it's okay to promote learning and, and new ideas. So, all right, let's move on. We're actually going to jump right to the Gigabeer. I know, Matt, I think this is one that you wanted to do, so I'm going to let you start it, and we're just going to roll. All right, so Tesla had a conference, which I believe was for their Gigafactory they're putting in Germany. And as part of German culture, they plan on kicking out what they're going to name Gigabeer. Makes sense. I'm not, they didn't really put out much information about it. it. Didn't say if it's going to be available worldwide or if it's just something there for like people in the area, kind of like Ford's garage originally was uh, only in Ford uh, dealerships. Yeah. But it's supposed to have a fancy like Cybertruck themed bottle, super futuristic. And they're going to put out beer to kind of rival the Tesla Kila that they had out previously. Yeah, this is literally just the flamethrower and the tequila all over again. And so the flamethrower, and it was like 400 bucks a pop, which is, in my opinion, very realistic for a flamethrower. But you and I were hanging out at some point. I remember when the tequila came out. How much was it? Do you remember? So I looked it up. It was $250 a pop. That's pretty darn expensive tequila. I like good tequila, and you can find a good bottle of tequila like very high quality for under $70, maybe more expensive now, but in a normal market, about 70, 75 bucks. Why the hell would I buy Elon's $250 tequila, except for the fact that it's got an awesome bottle and it's Tesla themed. And that's what they were saying is that, will this beer be good to match the bottle that it's in again? Because yep. the tequila that they kicked out was not good. Yep. It had a fancy bottle, it looked cool, it had the brand behind it, but tequila wasn't good. Will this beer be good? Will they work with a German brewery to make something decent that's worth marketing? I think it's interesting. And the one I always have to give credit to Elon, Joey, we talk about this constantly whenever we're just hanging out, is that he is a genius marketer. Like, there's no... <laughs> he literally went to Germany and released a cool beer like that smart bam that's that should seem obvious but i guess not celebrity tequila in specific but liquor in general has always been kind of a sore spot for me i really i like good liquor specifically whiskey and tequila and so i'm always a little critical of when something comes out Dwayne the rock johnson's came out a few years ago and then they had the aged version came out after that i know i was actually up and we were doing family stuff up in pennsylvania so we got some because I, went, I saw it and I was like, all right, let's try this. It was the Reposado, which means it's been aged for a medium amount of time. I poured myself a glass over just over the rocks like he does with like a splash of, I think, lemonade. I don't know. He does it in a very specific way and he promotes it. Took a sip and was like, wow, this is kind of crap. <laughs> this really isn't very good at all. Yeah. I saw something recently. It might, I forget if it was an article or a YouTube video, but it essentially said, do not drink celebrity tequila because you're going to overpay and yeah. it's going to taste just like that um what's it called just the regular gold tequila that you see on the bottom oh shelf. jose cuervo yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that yeah but um but yeah we say it all the time elon musk is the g smartest fundraiser <laughs> i've ever met i mean 
because I already want to buy it. I would pay $100 for a 12-pack of this stuff, and I'll tell you that right now. You pay $100 for a 12-pack? No way. No way. Really cool Tesla themed Cybertruck bottle. No way. Oh, that's absurd. Not a hundred bucks. Okay. So the picture it had was like this crystal like shaped bottle. It doesn't look like a beer. It doesn't look like a beer at all. I think it's going to be more like a growler, which people use at like the craft bars and all. You get like a larger amount, almost like a wine bottle full of beer. And it's like a higher concentration typically. Oh, no. But if it's a growler, you're going to pull up in your Tesla and you're going to walk out with your Tesla growler and be like, mm, yes, I have a Tesla. And then you're just going to, oh, God, that, that hurts my brain. You will be the coolest guy at the brewery. Who no one wants to talk to because you're at a brewery. <laughs> oh, come on. No. Beer growler, everyone's gonna want to talk to me. You gonna zip up uh, your only, little your little vest? <laughs> it's so untough. Only the Tesla people, though. All the other beer snobs at the other breweries are gonna be like, "Oh no, gross! You, why yeah. would you buy that?" Yep, yep. Okay, what kind of beer is it? Do we know? No, it didn't say anything. It just they basically just unveiled that they're because it's in Germany and they're embracing German culture. They're going to be kicking out their own beer to be produced for the people in the factory specifically. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I hope it does well. I hope everything he does does well. I hope he gets us to Mars. All right. You guys ready to move on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool. Quick one. So wireless 5G is like the hot new thing that everyone's been talking about and not because of what it is. It's just really fast internet and it kind of replaces the need for wires, allows everything to go through a like a broadband wireless service. Because I know my phone already says I have it. I, I really don't know. I don't notice a difference. I, except that, wait, has your iPhone slowed down yet? Because mine has mine immediately slowed down, and now the battery is half as big as soon as they release the new iPhone. Yep, I got on the iPhone 13 right away just because it was like $0, $0 to upgrade with my plan. I don't know how the math works out there, but I can, I don't know, some Verizon plan I have. My dad said, yeah, it's like, zero dollars to upgrade right now yeah so i did it you better be careful they're going to send some dudes from jersey over to break your kneecaps if you don't make your payments that's what i told him i said <laughs> is there any uh is there any like um fine freight you're missing and he looked and looked and so um, i mean we upgraded but i will say the biggest thing about the 5g is i had to live without wi-fi for a couple of days the other week and the 5g hotspot was phenomenal i was able to stream everything on just 5g um, but obviously Verizon slows you down after what I think it was 15 gigabytes. They cut you back to three megabytes a second. So then it didn't really matter. But for the first 15 gigabytes, the streaming was awesome. Yeah, that's a ton of data, though. Think back to like 2012. I know when we were still on what the iPhone four, maybe at this point when like it was it was a really, really pleasant surprise when things didn't take a long time to load. Yeah, it, it... I mean, it's come such a long way. Now I just, I expect instant gratification. I, I just, yeah. yep. it becomes second nature. I expect to open up my iPhone and everything to be right there. Click Safari, boom, it's already loaded and I don't have to wait at all. But it's just so funny how our, how our expectations have changed because I remember back in the day before iMacs were even huge and uh, in the old PC sitting in my parents' bedroom that I would play little flash games on and, and I can only imagine how long that must have taken to load in the my attention span and patience then versus now. Yeah, literally the same. And all right, back to the five G really quick. This is this is fun. So Samsung and Verizon are teaming up, and Lenovo and AT and T are teaming up. So you've got the, these powerhouses that basically said we have to work together to win. That's like a big consumer wins, but it's also 
kind of a monopoly at this point. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to work out. It usually does. Uh, but this was fun. There was a highlight in this article I found that highlighted a company called Meridian 5G. They specifically make Wi-Fi for super yachts. And I thought this was hilarious. I was like, how do you have this many customers and how are you staying afloat? Well, it's because it costs $15,000 to put Wi-Fi on a super yacht. And, you know, if you're over in Europe, I guess there's probably how many super yachts you think? 150, 200 maybe? They just do that a year and you have to do the yearly check-ins. And like, oh, it's pretty decent if you're like the only company that does that. It's pretty niche. That's genius. Let's go start one. <laughs> well, Connor McGregor just bought his uh, Lamborghini Super Yacht, so he'll be our first customer. Perfect. We'll undercut Meridian by like a hundred bucks. Yeah, we just got to figure out literally everything they do. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, the five G. That was my little bit on five G. And you've got the next one, Joey, and I can't wait for you to go into it. Yep. So uh, circling back to our boy Elon, we were just talking about uh, Blue Origin has a lawsuit right now against NASA. Who's um, Blue Origin? The whole moon, uh, moon contract. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but they recently filed another complaint with the U.S. Court of Federal Claims uh, last Friday, actually, and it's shrouded right now behind a protective order. So we don't really know specifically what the complaint is, but it was described as a challenge to quote NASA's unlawful and improper evaluation of proposals for a moon project Jeez. submitted during the moon competition. Yeah. Unquote. Yeah, someone's um, playing favorites. Yeah, so Blue Origin's upset. Bezos is upset. Um, he thinks that SpaceX was favored uh, by NASA, this and that. Elon essentially said over the weekend, you can't get your way to the moon by just suing people. That's a great quote, and I, I, I you have it written down on our sheet, and I love it. You cannot yep. sue your way to the moon. That you know that can apply to a couple of different things, but I think that's a giant burn. So hold on, <laughs> we never specified. Blue Origin is Amazon's space company, right? Yep, correct. Blue Origin is Amazon's. Uh, SpaceX is Elon's. So basically, Bezos, Blue Origin, Elon, SpaceX, uh, both private companies trying to get to space. Got it. So what was the response from Blue Origin? So Blue Origin essentially said in response to Elon, actually, I kind of messed up putting this down in the notes. Blue Origin didn't even respond. This is actually from Amazon, which is weird. That is weird. Amazon is separate than Blue Origin. The Hydra. Well, yeah. So Amazon said SpaceX has a long track record of suing the U.S. government on procurement matters and protesting various governmental decisions. Um, then they proceeded to say it is difficult to reconcile that historical record with their recent position on others filing similar actions, which is basically just a really fancy way to say you do it too. Yeah, yeah, no, that was exactly like a no, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so Elon shot back and basically said, "Well, if Jeff uh, wants to get up to the moon, maybe he should spend more than two afternoons a week at uh, Blue Origin because right now he is spending." two afternoons a week at Blue Origin, and that's kicking it up from the previous one afternoon a week. Yeah, but, I mean, I said this, is he's practically retired. He gave up the CEO position. He's just kind of the figurehead at this point. He's, you know, running things from the shadows and with his, like, cat and his black turtleneck and all those things. <laughs> he's getting the metaverse ready. Blue Origin's last on his list of to-do right now. Yeah, him and Mark Zuckerberg are preparing to take over the virtual world. They've decided the physical world's less important. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're too worried about space right now, but just a little bit of beef between some billionaires, you know. Man. It's a good, friendly competition. Yeah, I guess. Okay, that wraps up tech. We're going to dive into DeFi real quick. I got a fun story for you guys as well. A very good friend of ours and myself and a few of our other friends, we all went out Friday night, and we were in the car. 
Uh, one of them brought up cryptocurrency. And I think people do this to me on purpose. I think they purposely bring it up to see if I get triggered or what. But I absolutely love the world. And um, I love the whole cryptocurrency thing. It's just so fascinating. So he was talking about how he's got this new Dogecoin imitator. It's like Shiba Inu coin or something because that's the dog breed that Dogecoin is based off of. And, you know, we're assuming that you understand a lot of things just already diving in this deep. But that's not the point. The point was that he said, man, if this thing only goes to $1 from like 0.0046, something like that, if it just goes to $1, I can sell my 30 million shares and get, and I'll be a, I'll be a multi, multi-millionaire. And I said, well, yeah, but you do know that you have to have people willing to buy 30 million of these things off you all at once for you to be able to cash out or else the order doesn't fill. And like, he kind of stopped and his eyes went down a little bit and he's like, wait, I don't understand that at all. And I said, I was like, all right, well, we've, we've now run into and identified the big problem with cryptocurrency and the DeFi world is that people don't seem to understand that we've, we've taken liquidity for granted in the worst kind of way. We just assume when you press buy, you get to buy. And when you press sell, you get to sell. That's not actually how it works. The firm that you're going through, the brokerage, literally has to go out there and find an order or multiple orders that they piece together and patch through to fill your desired order. I think it's really important we remember that in these crazy, crazy market times. Yeah, it's you're not playing a video game whenever you're on. It's not infinite. On the website trying to sell it, like it's not like you're talking to some non-playable character who has an infinite supply of funds, and you're like, I'm here to trade in my 30 million Shiba Inu coin. Yeah, it's real. It's it's you have to you have to literally exact a contract with someone else and make that swap for U.S. dollars. So. I just I think we really got to remember that we've taken liquidity for granted for so long, and now we have a market that is not as liquid as it has been in the past ten years or so. We're running into shortages. You can't buy things at certain places. You can't sell them at certain places, and it's kind of scary because I mean we're we're big proponents for the free market, but the free market only works when you have enough participants in the free market. So I do encourage everyone to participate in the free markets and make sure that you are doing your thing. Yeah, it does. Good man. I think the liquidity thing was the thing that like really got me before somewhat got into finance. And I really didn't understand it. Even when I was like really close to John, I still fully didn't understand that like I'm, it made sense. Buy, buy low, sell high. That's super easy. Yep. And I was like, well, all the IPOs, you see them, they start off at like a super ridiculously low amount. The next day they shot up really high and then they drop off again. I'm like, okay, well, that just makes sense. You can like set an algorithm, some computer program, buy it immediately as it gets out at like $40, set a program so that way it sells once it hits 120 and you're good. And then you just do that repeatedly with every new IPO. That makes sense. Well, that's exactly right. That is the theory. Go ahead. But you can't just go in and just buy an IPO at $40. Right. You're not allowed to. There's no one selling it to you. (laughs) Right. And like, unless you're one of the huge super hedge funds or whatever, you're not going to get your hands on it at that level. You're lucky if you're going to get it at that peak $120. Like, so it's, there's a whole lot of part of it where like, you just don't understand that like, even though it's there, it says you can do it, doesn't mean you can. And like, when you sell at that peak, you may not sell at that peak value. It may be lower than that just because that's what the buy orders are at. That's actually parties happy exactly and that's how you come to it as like a described market price is it literally averages out in orders that are say they want to buy too low and orders that want to sell too high just have to meet in the middle eventually they'll they'll come back to you and they'll say yeah 
we couldn't get your apple for $100. We had to get it for $120. And that's just what it was. That was the lowest order they could fill. That's how spreads work. And it gives me a massive hope for this next generation coming up because I think if they're growing up trading in that environment, that's a concept that the majority of them will have to learn to understand. And if they understand it, the market becomes more efficient and everyone becomes more wealthy. It's a good thing. I definitely agree. I think it's something like, I know most of us probably played a stock game in school as a kid where like you, it mirrors the stock market, whatever, and you get a buy and sell like this, but it doesn't work based off these real world principles. And I think they need to add some of that to further educate the high school kids going forward because passive income through investing is becoming a way of life. You have to do it now. It's not something that you do by choice. Right. All right. Interesting opinion real quick. This is from my buddy, Naval Ravikant. He said, in the last age, you owned you made your wealth through labor in well no so that was two ages ago and then the second age which was like 1900s you made your money through earning assets in the new age you make your money and become wealthy through owning code i think that's an interesting take on it i can't wait to see if that age as well i love that because whenever you own an nft you essentially own code right it's code on a blockchain so there's many different ways you could take it that's correct, but it, uh, I don't know. It's a really deep topic, and we, we should probably move on at this point. We'll, we'll do, let's do the difference between VR and AR. We're going to dive into your NFTs, and then we'll be okay. That, that's enough of a deep dive, I think, for the DeFi world today. We, we've already gone pretty deep. Man, all right. So I thought this was interesting. I found another great article today that I was reading this morning talking about the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality. Actually, no, this is on Twitter. So I did a little deep dive from the Morning Brew, and was curious because everyone thinks of virtual reality is just like, oh, the video game, like you put on the headset and you look at things and that's true. The description that they used was, virtual reality is created to escape reality and go to somewhere new. Augmented reality is to arrive at a, at a, arrive at a destined place and to add to it. So we were discussing earlier how we make NFTs valuable in the physical world. And I think augmented reality is an interesting way to do that. We discussed uh, the augmented reality glasses in the past that allow you to basically see the holograms of other things that could be existing in the world and everyone to be connected through that. I took it one step further. I said, well, if we could do that with contact lenses, that is one seamless interaction between everyone who uses them. I, it's, it would be incredible. That would be insane. <laughs> It'd blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, I almost had to, I had to think about it a little bit because it reminds me of... Uh, of a Black Mirror episode. I'm not sure if oh, anyone no. out there has watched Black Mirror on Netflix, but there was one episode. Black Mirror essentially is 20, the 21st century's version of the Twilight Zone. Yep. That's the best way to put it. That's exactly And right. there was an episode where everyone had contact lenses that could do something similar to this. I'm just trying to remember which one it was because there was, there was one episode where parents could make their kids wear these contact lenses and you couldn't see harmful things in the world. Oh. So if there was like a really nasty barking dog next door, the little kid wouldn't see it because it'd be scared of it. It would see a nice little cute puppy dog. Jeez. And you wouldn't know there's a barking ferocious rabid dog right there. And uh, it obviously it ends bad because we always talk about on the show, uh, you're not gonna learn if you don't get burned. Yep. But um, I love this idea of AR contact lenses. Sorry for the little, uh, you know, diversion there, but 
um, it'd be awesome. And it makes NFTs more valuable because then everyone can get involved and you can actually see them and they have like uh, value outside of your computer screen. Right, because not everyone's on Twitter and no one has a crypto wallet at this point except for a few people. I agree. All right. Imagine just being able to have like a floating space pet or whatever that just like hung out around your shoulder and everybody got to see it walk around. You yep. Exchange that daily for whatever you want as long as you have the NFT. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, man, we're going to create a video game in real life. And it's going to be wild. This is something that could just could have never been imagined 20 years from now, ever. It just even like, ah, man, even like the science fiction stuff from the past 20, 40 years. <laughs> it's crazy. We've done some we've done some wild stuff. Well, think about Pokemon Go. I mean, even if you just threw that into it and then... That's a good point. That's like, augmented like, reality of, of a kind. That's like early augmented reality, technically. Mm-hmm. And then... That's a, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's exactly what I was thinking. What if you could buy NFTs for like Pokemon Go-like characters and then you could have an augmented reality fight of them in the real world with this stuff on, like Pokemon Go? It would be nuts. And I think the, I think our generation, the generation below, and probably the next one after that are all going to see value in it because they're kind of sold on the digital world and they grew up in it. Ah, we still got to, we got to solve a lot more things before we worry too much about that ish though. Like that just, that, that gets me worried. I'm like, oh crap, more labor shortages. No one's going to be working. No one's going to do physical jobs. It's going to, everyone's going to be in like a rush to just stay digital. And that, that is scary. And we're definitely not there yet. Yep, not there yet. I agree, and that kind of <laughs> brings uh, brings us into our next topic. If you're ready, and it's it's kind of a, a way to bring NFTs into the real world without having to get too far into this tech side of things, as we were just discussing. What we were talking about is kind of like a conceptualization of where we could be. This is a uh, kind of a more uh, I don't know attainable topic. Have you? Um, Go ahead. So, yeah, <laughs> you, you're the one. <laughs> Um, so throughout 2021, uh, multiple brands, including Gucci have released virtual sneakers, uh, in the form of NFTs, kind of like trading, trading cards, and they've grossed over $3.1 million so far this year, which may sound like a lot initially, but it's, it's a drop in the bucket compared to all the NFT transactions that have gone on. I know in the past quarter, I think we've talked about before, what, about $10 billion. I can't uh, remember. We did it last time, but. This, yeah, quor- this quarter alone was, I think, $12.9 billion. It was insane. Like this yeah, past so three, quarter three. Yeah, so $3.1 million is a drop in the bucket here. And that's not what gets me excited. What gets me excited here <laughs> is a couple things. First off, what's more realistic is Nike Crypto Kicks. And this is something that has been in the works since December of 2019 when they first patented it. And essentially... You can take two parent sneakers and splice their proverbial DNA, have you, uh, to create a sneaker offspring featuring totally new designs. So think of multiple different sneakers, and let's say you like uh, the sole and the swoosh on your one shoe, and you want to mix it with one of Kanye's shoes, so then you get like uh, like the tongue of a different Yeezy, and then you, you, sw- you switch it all up, and basically you're just mating and breeding two different shoes. And this is exciting because it is exclusivity. Uh, you got rarity. No two sneakers will be the same. Everything that sells. You want to feel like you're the only person out there that has that shoe. And maybe a couple of them will be duds and you'll waste your money and, uh, and combine them. And uh, it'll suck. But then maybe, you know, <laughs> you combine two shoes and you get this one pair that is the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. No one else can have it because it's yours. You own it. But then could you submit that piece of code that you've mutated into like to like a company who could manufacture it into a real thing? 
See, we're not that far yet. That That's would be cool. Story. That would make it worth it to me. If I could if I could take my thing in the virtual world and somehow make it a reality, that makes it worth it to me. I might be old school though. Yeah, and the, the conceptualization piece to this where uh, it's a little farther off than just this crypto kicks idea. There's a company out there. The company is RTFKT Studios. Don't I don't know anything about them. Uh, <laughs> Never. I don't think it. they're that relevant. I think they're more or less idea guys than uh, than someone who's actually going to make this happen. But essentially, what they did is they they conceptualized a couple different shoes uh, and said that the NFT can take the form inside the physical items like sneakers. Um, and this would spawn the beginning of the future for sneakers is eventually is uh, essentially what they're trying to say here. Um, I like the idea. If you saw some of their concepts on their Instagram, uh, they essentially have think of a high top Nike shoe, except maybe the tongue has uh, some type of LED and you see one of your NFTs on there. Maybe you have a, a crypto punk and boom, the, the face of your crypto punk is on the side of the shoe where the Nike swoosh is. Or something along those lines and it's it's a cool idea uh it's another way to show off your nft in the real world but um i think we're a little bit farther off there yep well either way uh, i see your next one up is also really good uh we, yeah. we've talked about yeah you know you go ahead you're, you're killing it right now i was gonna say more imposters in the nft world uh kind of like we were just talking about that new dogecoin imitator a shibu inu mm-hmm. or whatever it is and i actually meant to ask you about that pre-show because i believe it or not i saw something about it on my uh, microsoft news this morning when i logged into my work computer i was like what the heck is this but um more imposters again uh this one i came across party eight billionaire club <laughs> p-a-b-c an exact replica of of Basie. It even Billion, sounds like or, uh, it. What, what's, what's Basie again? Uh, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club. Board Ape Yacht Club. Yep, that's it. And uh, and you said to me, this means it's officially an industry now. I think imitators make a market. I, I think anytime someone has had enough success with an idea that someone else looks at it and says, oh, I'm just going to copy this and kind of like ride the coattails to success, I think that means it's here to be here for a while. But it also makes people like us kind of bored with it. I know like God, I'm getting so frustrated with the fake stuff too. It just it comes up and you're like, okay, the first I, the first hundred ideas were super cute and fantastic, and then people are just recreating and I'm bored with it. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, it gets exhausting from a consumer perspective. Yeah. Initially, the copycats were just doing more animal por- more animal portraits, kind of like Basie did. Think uh, a couple ones we came across: anglerfish, <laughs> uh, red pandas, um, lions, tigers, uh, things along that nature. And bears are mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah um but it was the same thing as basie and i honestly think basie is a little bit cooler even for APR club than these it, it is definitely more cooler because it's more exclusive and they were first but you would basically mint one of the first ten thousand, get a randomly generated lion uh red panda angler fish and then you get exclusive access to everything they do for the rest of your life and get x percent royalties forever and ever and ever and it, it all sounds really, really nice at first, but you not any Joe Schmo can't just put out ten thousand NFTs and then pay you infinite royalties till you die. That's not how it works. I've definitely seen stuff like that too, though. I, yeah. I, I mean, you see people promoting stuff on the internet, and, and like you look at it, and they're like, "Go buy my new release." We're only twenty thousand, something like that, and you look, and you're like, "Oh man, a five-year-old drew this. It's just horrible." <laughs> yeah, and. And if someone can't even use proper grammar on their website or or draw, that kills me. Absolutely kills me. Yeah, it, the yeah, proper they, yeah the proper grammar. How are they going to pay you royalties? 
Gosh. Do they even know what a royalty is, or did they just see someone else say that and they're like, this is how we're getting them? Yep. It's all the tag words and buzzwords. Okay. One final thought, and then we're going to wrap up because we're running low on time. My thought was <laughs> a lot of these programs are very close to being financial products, and you can't make something a financial product and call it a financial product without the SEC stepping in. I think we're going to see it around Christmas. I think around Christmas time, the crackdown is going to happen. That's my final takeaway. Yeah. Um, the SEC is going to have to do something. Then even from the copyright standpoint, uh, I know we're running low on time here, but like you mentioned with the skulls the other week, like this new new uh, party ape billionaire club, they're, they're straight up making apes that look like the Joker. You think DC is just going to let them make thousands of dollars off something that looks like the Joker? Nope, millions. They're absolutely going to have a hand in it. Just intellectual property is a mess. Okay. All right, I'm serious. We're running low on time. <laughs> we didn't even get the real estate. We can do that at the end of the week, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with real estate on Friday. Whew, packed show. Holy cow. Okay, you're up with your quote. All righty, all righty. Um, hold up. Let me pull it up here. We might run out of time. Actually, table my quote for next or for Friday. No, we're okay. Take your time. All right, let me get it up here. It's not I like everyone's just here. waiting and staring and sitting I know, here. you got me worried. You got me <laughs> sweating here. The reading's been down while the house buying's been up. It's been um, madness, as they say. Shoot, you got to tease me with real estate stuff. Here's what we got today. So what we're going to settle on <laughs> is... Really put me on uh, pressure here. If I beat you to yeah, it, you lose. Got so many. I just scrolling through and I'm looking for a good one. He's actively reading the book, trying to find the one. <laughs> yep. All right. After all this waiting, I'm just gonna leave it on a simple two words because we got uh, like literally no time left till we get kicked out here. I got um, a good one. I'm gonna beat you to it. Everything that irritates us about others can lead to an understanding of ourselves by Carl Jung. Boom. Perfect. That's one cycle than mine. I was just gonna say memento mori, uh, oh. Marcus Aurelius. You are going to die. So do what you love today because um, we're all here for a limited time. Love it. All right. See you at the end of the week. Yep. See you on.